the cost of living, you know, in the United States, no matter where, what demographic you sit in, it's expensive. Why do you think that they they haven't introduced these type of courses in, in schools? Is it because they don't want people to be educated so they can continue to control the situation? The rich have gotten way richer and the poor have gotten a lot poorer. There's a huge lack of education just in this country in general, Just, mm -hmm. but there's an even bigger one when it comes to just learning about finance. Please remain safe. Welcome everybody to the Rodriguez Project here at Mastermind Media. Hugh Meyer is at the table today. What's up, my man? How it's been are a minute. Yes, it has. Long time to see. Great to see you. Yes. Great to uh, great to catch up here. Absolutely. And I know we caught up a little bit, you know, on the way up, but um, but yeah, we want to save the majority for for the podcast because um, I see you doing amazing things. I'm getting your newsletters. I'm watching everything at Highline Wealth Partners, and uh, so let's just start like for like right now. What's going on in the world today? Like, what are you seeing? I know we're post COVID. Um, and that's, we, we met right before COVID. So like, you know, there was, it was an interesting period of time. And, uh, and now where, where are we in the world of finance? Great question. Just like, as we were joking off camera, I just want to make sure this is for informational purposes only, not investment advice. The opinions that I'm going to express today are my own and not that of Highline Wealth Partners. Or the Rodriguez Project. Or the Rodriguez Project. <laughs> or Jai Ma Fisher, yes. who's producing for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. So, yeah so, yeah, so where are we today? So, there, as I always, you know, you, know, you and I, we, we go way back now. Um, yeah. So, you know, you know quite a bit about me and kind of how I look at the world of finance. But, it's definitely changed uh, quite a bit. You know, there was there's two worlds, right? There's the pre-COVID world we were living in, and now there's the post-COVID world. What is what does that mean? Well, when COVID hit, you know, the U.S. government decided to to print, you know, seven to eight trillion dollars. Um, to at the time, you know, we thought the economy, you know, the economy of the U.S. and the economy of the world was going into the abyss because of what happened with COVID. You know, situation completely unique disastrous, terrible um, for a lot of people. And the government, you know, had decided to print its way out, so to speak, and start with, you know, numerous small business programs, any way they could basically support the economy, they did it. Um, and at the time, you know, everybody thought this was great, great opportunity. We saw a lot of different, you know, kind of investments just take off, whether it was digital assets, venture capital, anything you could essentially throw money at. It did quite well. Um, but what was not realized at the time was, well, what's going to be the ramifications of, you know, the U.S. government and the Federal Reserve printing all this money? Um, you know, what's it going to do to assets? What's it going to do to people, right? Yeah. Because now we're kind of seeing, we're seeing the, the backside of all this, right? Now you go to the gas pump, gas is, you know, here in California, it's, you know, what, $7, $6. It's, 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 it's crippling. It pisses you off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even Jimmy Butler was caught on IG the other day pumping his gas and saying, this is crazy, man. <laughs> I mean, granted, he has a little more money than we do, but, yeah, but, yeah. but you know, he's making a point that the costs, the cost of living, you know, in the United States, no matter where, what demographic you sit in, it's expensive, um, especially when you live in a coastal city like L.A. And that's and that's where we're seeing kind of the, the backside of what the government did to basically support and get out of COVID, which is... We're now seeing the costs of everything going up. We're now seeing that that this wealth divide, which is awful, has gotten even worse wow. um, in this country now, where you know the rich have gotten way richer, and the poor have gotten a lot poorer. Um, and now you're kind of seeing the reper repercussions of this. Now you're seeing labor strikes. You're seeing the power going into the people, demanding we need more to live. Um, so there, there's a lot going on. There's, there's, you know, it's going it, to, the, the investment trajectory, if you will, for people has changed people's living, you know, just how they're living has changed. Um, and you know, people are pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you, are you finding that investors, um, cause you you guys are represent a lot of different portfolios, right. And control of, of those. So are you seeing that people are, are keep holding on to their money and being more strategic about things or taking bigger risks? Like what is, what does that look like? I think I think it just depends on where you sit. I think biz the business itself has to has to change. And I think you know I mentioned this to you off camera that I think investing going forward for for individuals and families is is tremendously different than it was you know pre COVID. It's just we we were living in an environment where the cost of money 
continued to go down. And we were basically, we had to go reach for risk to make money, um, to live or to, to build wealth. And now because of what the Federal Reserve has done, and it's not just here in the U.S., it's everywhere. It's, mm -hmm. it's China, it's Japan, it's Europe. Um, now we're, like I said, we're now we're dealing with what are the repercussions of what steps the government, all these governments took to basically sustain themselves during COVID. Yeah. Um, so now it, it, it's changed the game. And I don't, and, and people just, most people don't understand what that means. And that's kind of what I've been spending a lot of time with is educating. I yeah, think that's huge. There's no, there's, there's a huge lack of education just in this country in general, just, mm -hmm. but there's an even bigger one when it comes to just learning about finance. Yeah. And that's one of the things I've been spending a lot of time with, with people is, you, you know, just teaching them about basic finance and saving. And, you know, I'm people, you know, kids should be learning about this in elementary and high minimum at a high school level. Sure. It's got to start there. But you, you start getting, I start seeing a lot of questions on, on, on social media, just really basic things. And it's, and it's, and I love to reach out and help, but it's also scary to think about how uneducated Americans are when it comes to just you know, building, preserving wealth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's something that I never had either. And then, you know, as you, as you start something and you're forced to learn as you go. Um, and luckily that's, that's my favorite thing about the internet is that the, um, the information is there for the taking now. However, of course it's like with mass information comes a lot of misinformation as well. Um, so finding pe people like yourself that can push through the noise and, and really help people, um, is just really incredible. Um, why do you think that they they haven't introduced these type of courses in, in schools? Is it like, is it because they don't want people to be educated so they can continue to control the situation? Um, wow, that's a, that's a good question. I, I want to say I hope that's not the case. I just think it's um, one of these sub one of these subject matters that that just has not ever been hammered home for it, for youth the youth it just i don't know i don't know why it maybe the school systems and the education systems assume that it's being done at home yeah um i hope that's the case i mean i know people that do that but you know learning from educators especially those who actually come from a place of business um is even you know is, is important but just learning these essential skills to start because you know one of the things that i spend a lot of time on is retirement planning mm -hmm. and you know, majority of people in this country still go to work at a company, get a W-2, have a 401k, um, even though that number is kind of decreasing a little bit because people realize they'd rather, you know, be an entrepreneur, run their own business and have the power. Yeah. But that's not most people. So most people, they go into a company, you know, their their HR says, you know, hey, welcome to the company. You can sign up for your 401k. You know, we'll start matching, blah, blah, blah. And, and there you go. Well, most people don't know where to start, but mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they're being told, you know, this is what you do. You put your money in. We'll match it. Uh, you know, can't take your, it out unless your, you pay this fee. Here are your investments and off you run. Well, most people have no concept of how to do that and aren't going to stay on top of it. And maybe they shouldn't be maxing it out. Um, again, this just comes back to the education, not knowing just basic finance, like what can I spend? What can I invest? What am I saving? And they're often running into a plan. And then they, you know, the years go on. And then you have years like last year where, you know, and they're not very frequent, but they happen where everything went down. I mean, the only place to sit to hide last year was cash mm -hmm. for people. And most people don't do that when they're investing, they're invested. But you know, if people were educated, had someone that was advising them, there are years that you can kind of avoid those pitfalls. Yeah. But they don't know how to reach out. And and now on social media, what I'm learning is it's unfortunate is people think they can't work with an advisor. They don't think they have enough money. To they work. can't afford it. Exactly. And which, then, which is which is not good, which is what I'm trying to change. Yeah. Low key is like it's almost like you can't afford not to because if you do have somebody in your corner at whatever price point, that's going to set you're going to make more money in the future. What's like the minimum amount that somebody can get involved and just start uh, aligning their future? I mean, I think it's anything you could start to put away. I mean, I, it's the one question that I 
always disliked and hesitated to answer many years when I started in the business, you know, people will ask you, what's your minimum, what's your minimum? And, and I was just like, to me, that was a non-starter. Yeah. Um, that's why I left the institutional world because in that world, it's that, that's the first thing that an advisor will tell a prospect. Well, yeah, it's $5 million. It's $2 million. One, that's not everybody. Two, you know, it's all about building a relationship and trust. And sometimes that takes a lot of time. And at some point, maybe you'll get to that point. Um, so for me, if people are going to reach out to me on social media and ask for help or want to have a discussion about things that they haven't discussed, I'm going to have the, I'm going to take the conversation. Yeah, it doesn't you know, maybe we'll work together. Maybe we won't. But at least I'll align you in the right way where you can you know, we can, we can start minimizing the gap. Um, so, so say, okay, I'm, I'm 18. I just graduated, graduated high school. I'm not going to college cause I don't want to put money into something that I'm going to be in debt later. Um, unless I'm a doctor or a lawyer or something that you actually need it for. Um, these are my opinions. Uh, <laughs> these are not of Hugh Meyer or, or finance. But, but I'm, I'm working a job. I have plans of the future and how I want to do this. Maybe I'm doing a little influencer work or whatever. I'm making an extra $500 a month. Um, what's, what are some initial steps I should take to start um, taking that $500 and maybe putting into something that could be helpful later down the road? I mean, the first thing is, is always create a plan for yourself, whether it's a personal finance plan or it's you know a 20-year <laughs> business plan. I mean, I think writing... Writing things down, no matter what it is, has become a lost art. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm constantly, you know, if you go to my desk anywhere, I've got sticky pads Yeah, everywhere. yeah I remember from your videos and stuff, too. You got the whiteboard, sticky yeah. notes, and everything, too. Yeah. I just think you have to, we're so, you know, we've become so used to the to the phone and the iPhone and whatever and, and, and not just writing things down. I think it's got to start. It's got to start there with writing things down. I mean, there's a ton. I mean, one of the great parts of technology is there's apps all over the place now that can help track your spending. Um, I'll, I'll remember one that's, I'm forgetting right now off the top of my head, but there are many out there you can find that basically help you start kind of creating a budget. There are, are numerous apps that can help you start, you know, financially planning, like making you think about, you know, where you want to be and how much money you may be earn, you may think you may be earning down the road and, and how you can kind of take this, you know, take those small steps over time. But, you know, again, it's, it's always basic. It's like save more than you spend. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's easy to say, but it's obviously very difficult for most Americans to do because the cost of living is what it is. Um, obviously, you know, living in cities like LA make it difficult, but you know, you've seen people recognize that they can't, you know, if they're going to have a life that, you know, they're going to, they're going to move to a city somewhere where the cost of living is, manageable yeah yeah and then yeah. but yeah but starting that process of you know saving you know more than you're earning when you've saved up you know maybe is it a year's worth of, of living expenses once you have that put aside then maybe you start with you know you start investing and you start and if you own you know if you're an entrepreneur that means you know starting some kind of a retirement account because you know there's tax benefits with that and that's a whole nother subject to yeah. discuss with people who don't you know, understand kind of how there are tax, there's a ways to benefit from the tax system. You know, we all hate paying taxes, but it is set up to help you in retirement to basically build wealth over time. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, cause yeah, even writing stuff down and what I've, I've seen in my life and people around me too, is that if you, if you're not creating a plan, and yes, in entrepreneurship, things can go left, right, doesn't, you, you know, you're always prepared for whatever's out there. But if the money's there, you can, you spend it. You know, if you, if you're writing things down and you're saying, okay, I'm going to allocate this much and just put this over here and just going to save up for the year and you're not going to touch that, then you're just playing with this money over here. And it's a lot easier to manage versus just kind of a free for all or not having, you know, having a plan or, you know, nothing written down or something just in your, in your notes. <laughs> and, um, so I think that's, that's, that's a huge key to just get things started. Something that I need to do better at as well. Um, and then, you know, recently went to the, the movie theater and saw a movie called Dumb Money. Have you seen it yet? I have not. Um, you probably don't even need to. You probably know exactly what, what went on and, and maybe the, you know, I'm not sure how, 
um, exaggerated the film was. Um, but you know, when you talk about investing and you have these apps like Robinhood and, and stuff like that, um, is it safe to, to work in that world? You know, after watching that movie and seeing how things were cheated at the end, um, kind of just, you know, you start to lose faith in the rules and everything within the investment world. That's a complex question. Yeah, I don't um, know if that was a question. Was like, no, just, it's a good, he's it's like, a, yeah, it's no, a, I didn't a, see the film. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good, it's a, no, I appreciate that. So there's a few layers to that. And I think we were talking a little off camera about, you know, I think there's, there's two, there's two parts to that the first is what, what some people that I uh, learned a great deal from you really quickly, you talked earlier about, you know, all this information. The one great thing one of the best parts about what I do now is what I call the democratization of research, right? The ability now that there are some really, really smart people that have great track records that are now out on their own and they're basically talking through what's happening, right? So people like me can, I follow them and I can kind of, I don't want to hate these or dumb it down, but what they're saying is high level. I can bring it down to a place where I can educate other people on you know well, what's going on why what what's going on and why because people want to know why kind of to your what you were just alluding to with with what happened with GameStop yeah um, I think there there's a lot of issues with how it's called old Wall Street it's a it's kind of a fin twit joke that um, you know it's just it's 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 a crooked it is it is a place it's a nefarious crooked place where salespeople are trying to make money off of individuals. No question. They want to line their pockets. You know, I worked in that world for 15 years. It, the opinions that people have of it are deserved. Um, you know, every day you're hearing a story about this bank did this and this bank did that. They get the slap on the hand and off they go and they're off doing something else that's probably, um, you know, needs, needs more attorneys. <laughs> That's where to put it. Uh, yeah. Um, but yet they continue to do it, but, but people now have kind of, you know, they're smarter. They've caught up to it. There's social media. They, they understand, you know, maybe I can go do this on my own. You know, you talk about Robin hood. Um, it's a, it, the environment of finance is, is very complex. Um, it's, it's something where I, I still, I'm, I'm 46, 47. I've been doing this for 25 years, and I'm always learning something new. Just how the game is changing. Um, but in the end of the day, people need a voice. They need someone that's knowledgeable, that's trustworthy, that understands what's going on, and can explain to them what's going on and why. Um, not be on Instagram or, or some other platform or TikTok saying they should buy the latest, you know, digital coin or and have absolutely zero, you know time in, in, in the market behind them at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I understand people are very distrusting of it. And I, th and I think, you know, it's all about some reaching, I, I want to reach as many people as possible saying, yes, there are, you know, I, I want to get people out of a box. Like yeah. there's, there's just, you know, everything about at least finance and making money is let's, let's get people like a 401k, for instance, and I'm not going against the 401k. I'm just saying it's all about let's put people in a, a box where we can charge them a fee. It looks like it's nice and neat, and they're often they're often running Warner fees, and and that's that. And it and it's way more. Yeah, it, it's it's way more than that. Um, you know, more and more people like you know they have access to information. They're going to question you more. They're going to be more distrusting. You got to give them. Be, don't don't BS with them. Tell them what's happening and, and why do you think it's happening? Right, right. Yeah, because there's a lot of voices out there. I, I think I do think the internet is slowly saving the world. Um, it amplifies voices, and then it's just about finding the right voices to listen to. Um, so you know, if if we were to work together, um, or, or any you know, so financial advisors is that like the the main term based on what you do? There's, yeah, I mean, there's different, there's financial advisor, financial planner, wealth manager. There's a lot of different, I guess, mm -hmm. acronyms, if you will, or titles. Yeah. Uh, so for, for, so for someone like yourself, um, somebody that would be 
interested in getting into business um, or to do what you, what you do? How does, how does one even start in that field? All right, let's take a quick little break from the show to talk about our amazing sponsor, Zyko, X-Y-K-O.co is their website, and Zyko, X-Y-K-O.go is their social media platforms, but we're so stoked about this partnership. This is their first product, is this minimalistic design for their wallet. I've had several of these, but this design has been the easiest, like a little lighter flick, boom, right back in your pocket minimalistic, modernized, and just everywhere I go, people ask me where the hell I got this from, and it's Zyko, X-Y-K-O dot co. But what does that mean? The underlying desire to go, to live your life, to make things happen, and that's exactly what we're about at Mastermind. So we are so stoked to be working with them. So check them out, Zyko dot co. Um, also, Ink Detroit. Ink Detroit make this hat. They make all of our merchandise. They do hats, they do t-shirts, they do hoodies, you name it, they do it. And they work in Detroit, but they ship to all over the nation as well. So please check them out, inkdetroit.com and Ink Detroit on all social media platforms as well. So if you're a business or you're a brand and you need to get stuff made on a, a bunch of different kinds of clothing, check them out. They will take care of you and let them know that Mastermind sent you. Uh, lastly, before we get back in the show, what do we do at Mastermind? <laughs> People see Mastermind Media like, who the hell, what, what is this? Is this just a podcast studio? Partially, yes, we do podcasts here at Mastermind. We're in Los Angeles. This is one of our newest ventures, but social media management, graphic design, logos, uh, pitch decks, you name it. We do a digital production, interviews. Uh, check us out on Mastermind. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-M-Y-N-D media.com. Um, but if you're in Los Angeles and you're looking for a place to do podcasts, yes, we do that. And we're so stoked to be doing podcasts. There's so many cool people in Los Angeles and the conversations that happen at this table, it's just, it's been amazing. So if you're looking for somebody, you're looking for a partner to the digital world, look no further, please give us a call. We'd love to help you out. That's mastermindmedia.com and let's get back into the show. Wow. That's a, that's a great question. I mean, I think I, I if, if it was me giving advice to someone else, I would say you'd want to, you would want to to become an intern at a firm like ours mm. or a firm that's private. Get I close to the sun. <laughs> that's what Gary Vee says. <laughs> I would say stay the hell away from working for a wire, what's a, you know, a wirehouse firm, which is, you know, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs. Listen, there's probably, very, you know, plenty of great people that work there, but what those firms stand for is, you know, it's crap, uh, for lack of a better word. They're, you know, but people you know, people get it. Like, like, I don't have to say this to people who are going to, you know, they, they are already have this kind of distrust yeah. of call it mean old, you know, old walls, I call it finance. Um, but uh, you know, I would be wanting, I would say, you know, if you want to listen, there's a million avenues in finance, but yeah. if you wanted to be in wealth management, I think you would want to be an intern at a, you know, a small boutique firm like ours or something, you know, there's a lot of independent, they call independent, you know, money managers all over the place. Um, who are independent. They are not connected with a firm. They're not taking direction from that firm. They're not selling what that firm is telling, selling them, telling them to sell. Yeah. So, you know, that would be yeah, engulf yourself into the world. And then that way you can get a strong understanding of like, of, of what it is, if this is right for you. And, uh, and what would you say someone in that field would need to be great at? Is it like crunching numbers or like, what do you, what do you feel like? Uh, well, you have to be, uh, be a black and white human being, be a human being. Yeah. I mean, I think it doesn't matter what, what work we do. I think people recognize phony, yeah. um, you know, they recognize BS. They're on, you know, they're on every platform possible that they can figure out who's actually out there trying to build a community and be a resource, which yeah. is what I, which is what I'm doing every day. It's just trying to build this community of people who are, you know, they're out there, they're business owners, they're, they're running their businesses, whatever they're doing. And, but they just don't, they don't have the time to, to look at things that I'm looking at yeah, or, yeah. or what ways that they can make their life. We, you know, we call it we're financial freedom, if you will. That's kind of this term that, my, you know, my partner and I have been batting around. We think this, the word retirement is, <laughs> it's just kind of, it's an old word, and, and frankly, I, I mean, who's retiring anymore? What does that mean? Does anyone? I don't know anyone who's at sixty or sixty-five, and they're not working yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or if they did retire, then they're like working a side job because they got too bored at home. Well, exactly. I mean, I just don't think that. So, to me, this kind of concept of having financial freedom is 
seems to ring with people yeah. about. And, and it doesn't matter if you're 35, 45, 55, just being able to do, being able to do the life, run the life you want to run, have, you know, I always talk about physical, mental wellness. It's like, if we don't have that, what, you know, what do we, we don't have anything. Yeah, we just, yeah, we yeah. can't folk, we can't function. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's also, the other point is if you're trying to get in the industry, well, one, yeah, you got to learn social media. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been doing this for 25 years and I've had to evolve what I've done on social media a bunch of times to figure out what, what is it where what do I what's my real passion yeah and how am I gonna how am I gonna get the message to as many people that need my help as possible be fresh be edgy about it because I think that's kind of you know I've always said I got to be edgy I don't I don't want to be the same financial advisor that's on doesn't pick your platform I do a lot on LinkedIn now mm-hmm. um, that but just you, says yeah. the same BS or just is posting something from their firm or how are you helping somebody there? Like you're, you're just posting bullshit. Yeah. You're like checking, checking a box. Like, Oh, I did the social media today. And that's what I love when we first started working together in the social media world. That's when like, I think when reels first started and like, you were so like, you were hungry to, okay, how, how could I communicate my message to the world? And like, what's, what's working the best. Okay. I'm down. Let's do it. Here's five videos. And like, and that's, that's what the type of people we like working with best because it's not like, like, you you're trusting in me what I do and I'm trusting you and what you do and coming together, being able to put content out into the world. that's going to help people. That's how you grow. Agreed. Yeah. I think you got to be flat. You have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. I mean, flexibility in your life, whatever you're doing is important. I think, um, and and hungry to change and evolve. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I did it recently. I, you know, I looked in the mirror, um, cause I was doing a lot of content, on on educating people on and I know we're going to talk about this maybe in a little bit on yeah. about Bitcoin and digital assets. People need to understand what they're getting into. It wasn't me out there shilling. It was me trying to say, listen, do you you know do you understand this world like and and trying to educate people on you know all the parts of it, you know how to get transparency with it, you know what's going on from the regulatory perspective. Again, it's all about educating, and I think. That's what I'm trying to do on social media is really tap into, you know, financial wellness, you know, just hone in on planning, you know, talk about people I think other people should follow. If it's Morgan Housel, um, you know, all, anyone who works with me, I send him send his book out. He's actually having a new one that's coming out um, that I everyone should get. His first book is Psychology of Money, yeah, which yeah. everyone should read. It doesn't matter, you know, at what stage of life. Everyone should read that book. It's just a, it's a phenomenal book, and it's not about wealth management per se. It's the psychology of money, like just, you know, having that what awareness. There's a lot of part, you know, there's a lot of layers to it. Um, and like I said, anyone who comes to work with me, I send them the copy of the book. Um, you know, if people DM me on LinkedIn. I send them a copy of the book because oh, it's just it's a fantastic way for people to really learn, um, you know, get that mentality and psychology in place. It's not about, you know, this stuff, buying this stock or that stock. It's it's built, kind of building a process for your life. Yeah. yeah, And understanding that world so you can after you get to that step, it's very similar to like within the world of acting. You know, we, we start our acting class and they give you a book, but then now you can kind of learn the psychology behind it. And then, oh, now you have like the tool, you're equipped with the tools to then get the new information and build upon that. Um, that's dope. We're going to uh, order that today. I'll have that <laughs> this week. Appreciate that. Um, and the last question just about like the, the business that you're in. So how does a, a financial advisor for someone who isn't um, uh, trading a you know, million or five million or, or putting that into different portfolios, um, how does somebody like, based on a client that is, you know, just, I guess, let's say, dealing with 50,000 for the year and putting that into different things. Um, how do you get paid based on that? Everything we do is, uh, is on a fee percentage basis. So, um, we're fee, you know, our firm is fee only advisory. That's a lot of firms now. It's really kind of how the business gets done. Um, but that said, we also will work with people who want, you know, some people want to work on an hourly basis. In some cases, it's more from a financial planning perspective where they may not have, you know, oodles of money, if you will. Yeah. But they need someone to basically kind of look look down at everything and, and see kind of, all right, well, you need a plan. Because everything we do is anchored off a plan. Um, you know, everything we do is like we want to match. We want to take whatever assets you have, match them to a liability, you know. Very simple. 
Yeah. Um, and that's how we think is, is gives you the best path for success. Obviously, we have to manage within that and kind of all the twists and turns that the, that the markets give us. But it has to start there. You know, what we talked at the beginning about writing things down. Well, that's kind of writing it down. I mean, it's obviously it's on a computer screen, but mm -hmm. it has to start with a plan. The plan has to be the anchor because, you know, you need to know you need your road, your, your roadmap. Where are you going? How are you going to get there? And my job is to you know, help you all on that journey. And my partners, that's what we're doing, is try to help them all on that journey. What does that mean? It can mean a, a, a myriad of things yeah. a, a, along the way. Yeah, but it definitely having somebody in your corner that's, that's paying attention, that's working on the things that you don't have time to, to kind of protect yourself in the future. I love that. Um, well, and you mentioned like the world of, of uh, digital assets and, and, and Bitcoin and NFTs and everything too. So um, I... Where do, where do we stand with it now? I, you know, I've, there was so much hype around it initially, very similar to how, like, you know, um, the web when it first came out back in the day and, um, and, and everything changed and, you know, everybody was super loud about it, especially with Bitcoin and buying Bitcoin as it was skyrocketing. And then you had the naysayers, oh, it's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. NFTs is not going to, you know, it's not going to be what you think. And then things do, I don't know if crash would be the right word, but, um, I did. Down, yeah. Um, but however, um, you know, I still believe in the future uh, of, of what everything means. It just comes down to, you know, figuring those things out. So where, where do we stand currently? Or even if you want to walk us through um, what you've seen so far. Yeah, well, right now, um, listen, it's the, 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 the digital asset world. It's still, it's alive. And I don't know if I want to say alive and well, but it's alive and kicking yeah. for sure. I mean, you know, it did crash. Um, you know, when monetary policy in this country changed, meaning basically making everything more expensive, the cost of money. I mean, the fact is, is that digital assets perform the best when capital is very free flowing. Yeah. Right. And now it's not. Which, which it was during, which ba it, based on the printing of money, would you say? hundred yeah. percent. I mean, that's kind of the lifeblood, if you will, of, of Bitcoin and other digital assets is when, when money is being printed at will, it's basically saying, okay. You're basically you're devaluing the currency that we use, the dollar, so to speak, making it less valuable. And you're gonna people are gonna wanna get out of those and they wanna find the riskiest assets ever created, which they are. I mean, digital assets are the riskiest assets we've ever seen. Obviously, with risk comes great can become great reward or the opposite, which is what has happened over the last couple of years, which is people have lost tons of money. Yeah. Um, you know. For, for the reasons that it always, you know, things always happen. The environment changes, people get greedy. Um, just the markets don't make sense anymore. But there's clear, there's definitely been a settling out. There's no question. I mean, look, Bitcoin, it's still here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ethereum, still here. Um, you know, businesses that are, are building in the digital asset world um, within venture capital, they're still going. Yeah. The good ones have made it. They've lasted. Maybe they're business valuations have come down dramatically, which is normal because where they were, were absurd. But the ones that are, were creating real businesses for the future, yeah, they're still yeah. here. I mean, I, I read about it every day. Um, it, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's happening. Like it's just not where it was two or three years ago when everybody was just, there was money everywhere and everyone was investing and it didn't matter what. Yeah. And a lot of those things didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. But the big, the big, the big story or the big thing that's happening now is what's happening from the government perspective. That's been the big, the government's been in the news, uh, you know, for the last year or two, because people are essentially saying, you know, you, you have to regulate this, but you have to do it intelligently. And that's the next, the next step of all this is having some legislation by our, by congressional members, which ironically, it's the only thing they, you have, People on both sides of the aisle that are agreeing on is digital assets, which is it's kind of funny to me. It'd be nice yeah. if they could agree on more on some other things of significance, you <laughs> yeah. know, like you know, helping in the education system, this country, healthcare. But we, we won't go there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, but you have people on both sides of the aisle that understand that there's, you know, there's jobs to be created from all this. There's revenue to the government that's going to be created from all this. There's better, uh, maybe there's better lives from all us to live from all this, more efficient. So that's kind of where we are right now as we're in this waiting game is will Congress start to create some kind of concrete legislation that says, okay, you know, you're regulating this. The Commodities Exchange Commission may regulate Bitcoin and the SEC may regulate everything else. Yeah. But 
because the SEC is being, <laughs> I'll try to be politically correct, stodgy, <laughs> um, and this stodginess is coming from the from the head of the SEC. Ironically, the, there's people under him that don't agree with his stance, but he's clearly he's some kind of puppet for who knows who yeah. or what. But that's where it is right now. We're kind of like in this waiting game of what is the U.S. government going to do from a regulatory perspective. The big thing now is when's a Bitcoin ETF? That's 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 been the hot button yeah. issue right now. Is you know all of these institutions that have gotten involved, whether it's BlackRock or things like you know these big financial institutions, they want in. Um, you know they've got clients that want in, institutions that want in, and people want a Bitcoin ETF. Yeah. And the SEC will not approve it, even though they lost a huge court decision about a month ago, where basically a high court in the U.S. said you're wrong. I mean. I'm not going to get in the legalities of it for this, but yeah. they, they basically said, you know, what you're saying doesn't hold water. And that gave people a lot of confidence that kind of we're getting closer to a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the SEC now is basically saying, okay, well, you know, you said that. We're just going to start delaying this one and this one, which is within their rights. So now they're reacting with this further delay. But I'd say we're in a much better place than we were a year or two ago because we're getting closer to some line in the sand, if you will, yeah, where yeah. there's going to be oversight, which we do. We need oversight. Yeah, yeah. We, being able to learn from everything from the past to say, okay, this was the wild, wild west, and now we need to restructure things. Um, and uh, so when you see the future of that and you see them starting to regulate things, do you believe that we're going to see a world where there is going to be zero cash we're not going to be doing using cash at all. It certainly seems like we're we're going in that direction, but it's it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. I think there's a lot. There's 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 several, and we talked about this off camera. There's several really big themes that are going on. You know, the themes that you know my partners and I we, we talk about. Like, what are the what are these th themes? And on the one is deglobalization. I'll explain that. One is decarbonization, which you probably can understand that. And then there's yeah. digitalization, which is what we've been talking about, right? Are are we going to this age where everything's just going to be electric? I mean, yeah. you know, listen. It's it, convenient. It is. It's happening. Um, we'll, you know, and you're seeing, the, you know, listen, the U.S. government, the Fed is is has got a digital dollar um, kind of in the back and, and in the background. Everyone knows about it. And, and there's concerns because, okay, if the government's going to start, sending us dollars electronically is that mean they're going to have control of our money and I'm, i don't want to get too controversial and get into that but it's a concern of people it's like well yeah the technology is great but who's controlling that technology and you know sure as hell people don't want uncle sam controlling so digitalization it's here it's happening it's going to continue to happen things that we're going to be doing are going to change however you know money transfer um I mean, there's things that have to change. I mean, think about it. It's ridiculous that banks continue to charge for the transfers of money, that you can't get money to someplace instantaneously. Yeah. I mean, think about With like that. three handshakes that they each take it, their 3%. Exactly. It's ridiculous. You, you still go into a bank and, and you know, the, the time it may take for you to wire money to oversee. It just, it's just the whole infrastructure. And it's it's going to change. It's, the, it's being forced. So you have digitalization. The first one is... Deglobalization. Mm -hmm. So I take you know everything you, I'm saying. You have to take it with a grain of salt because these things are going to happen over a long period of time. But you know, post COVID, we have a world that's kind of becoming fractured, right? And the, at the two biggest players are the U.S. and China. And clearly, it's we're we're not in a good place, yeah. right? I mean, everything is changing. China is no longer this country that's selling all this cheap this cheap stuff that we you know we took for granted uh, to the rest of the world. So that's a big change yeah. that people really are not understanding. Well, what does that mean? Like, you know, they were, you know, we were paying less for things that we buy every day, right? It just and th and that's not the same anymore. Now they're they're having their own problems, and then obviously we have a lot of political and economic issues with China. So that's changing investing right there, and people have to kind of understand. And that's my job to help kind of people through that and, and guide them through that. But that's a big deal. I mean, the world is becoming, I don't want to say the world's siloed, but it's its a very different world. I mean, look at Saudi Arabia in the U.S. It mm -hmm. used to be a, you know, uh, it used to be, a, we'll call it a good relationship because of oil. And now, 
you know, now Saudi Arabia is kind of over here doing whatever it's best for them. And they don't care about the U.S. That impacts all of us, yeah. right? But people don't understand that. So you're starting to see the world change dramatically kind of in the way, in, in that way. Now, there could be a lot of good that comes out of that. Sure. But in the middle of that, there's going to be issues. I mean, it's just, it's it's going to change. So that's, that's a big thing. Then it's a big, obviously the big issue is going green, right? We've been hearing about it for years. Electric cars, all these things, you know, better for the environment, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's, it's all good. It's, it's things that are again, like digitalization, it's happening. It's going to take time to happen, but the issue is the cost, which people really don't understand the cost of doing all these things to basically call it go green is it's a lot, it's expensive. Like we need, you need resources to make all that happen. And people don't understand that as much as we all want, you know, cleaner air, you know, access to, to low-cost energy, things that will help. Listen, we all want that, but people don't understand there's a price to this, right, that we're going to pay for. And I know mm-hmm. everyone's like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And But, you know, again, that that has a consequence to how we invest. Like, we have to think about that because the cost of everything is going up because governments want to move into this, you know, no-carbon kind of environment, which it's going to happen. Yeah. But, again... The timeframes that people are setting for a lot of this is, is completely unrealistic. Yeah. You know, do it in five years. Do it by 2025. Europe, it's going to be 2030. Those are really difficult timeframes, and that affects all of us. Again, something people are not really thinking a lot about, but that's, you know, our job is to think, think that through. How does that impact, you know, us as human beings? How is that going to impact how we invest money? Where should we be investing? How do we take advantage of that? You know, these are big, big issues that, you know, you don't, you don't hear, you, you hear about it, but yeah, yeah. you're kind of hearing people to understand opinions. it. Yeah. To understand it and to realize how long it's going to actually take. It's a, it's a huge change and there's going to be some friction and somebody's got to pay for it. Um, and, uh, even going back to what you were saying before, how we handled COVID and how that's going to, um, how that's impacting, we're seeing that now you're making this other, this new massive change. What does that look like in the years to follow? Um, yeah, that's all really, really interesting stuff. Um, so, so, so yeah, based on all of that and based on these massive changes, um, and I think the biggest thing now is, is seeing, um, and it's been happening for years, like what's going on in China with the, with, with what they're able to do, you know, if you're jaywalking across the street and they, they are able to facial recognition, scan your face and then take the money out of your account and then knock your credit score or what have you. And there's, there's t-shirts in China that are, that you can, that some people are, are wearing to be able to like scramble their face so that you can't see. China's a scary place. Yeah. Yeah. But then also I should seeing, say I, 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 the government the CCP yeah. is it's like you have to differentiate the people are good people of course they're hardworking yeah, yeah. the 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 evil if you will is the government yeah. the evil is the CCP that's the people that are you know you know they're crazy the things that they're doing globally are crazy i mean they're basically pre- potentially preparing to invade taiwan yeah uh why i don't i don't know but they're you know to the point of the, the you know they're 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 walking a very fine line in china between the policies they're trying to put on their people and people who may one day just decide to say, you know, we're done. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're revolting. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. We'll and even just, one. yeah, <laughs> no, but it's like, it's a lot it's, of, it's a lot of people that, uh, but that's you know. like, just like the, the trust that you have in something, putting all of your trust into it, you know, just digital currency and where things could just dis, uh, theoretically just disappear out of your account or be held against you. Um, I mean, I guess the closest thing now is to have a lien on your account or something like that. And, um, you know, so a future like that where they do have that control and people say, oh, it's America, it's never going to happen. But with how much corruption that there is and a lot of the figuring the stuff out in the government and everything too, um, and again, being able to talk about this on the internet and people to share their stories and see what's going on. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a wild place. And I definitely see people's fear. I'm fearful of, of what that would look like. And then what do you do? You, you stack your walls with cash and, but then you can't use cash. And then what do you do? You know, it's just the whole well, thing. How do you, so how would you be able to like effectively financially like forecast if the economy is moving the way it is? It's kind of, impossible to keep up with the dollar it's impossible to keep up with um the cost of living so 
without, you know, having the money to spend on a financial advisor, what would you do like as a household effectively with their money? It's a great question. I mean, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, which is, you know, the democratization of, of research, like knowing for me, being able to work with people that are way smarter than I am that have done this for a long time. And those are the people I rely upon to answer those questions. Like, where's the economy going? Why, you know, why is this happening? Why, you know, why, why does Tesla go up 10% one day in town, 10% the next? I mean, that's, you know, an example, but, um, like I said, to me, my job is to be, to try to educate people on what's happening and, and try to keep it, you know, it's, it's not about scaring it, but, but keep, keep, keep that, keeping at a high level of, of what's going on. Like, you know, first six months of this year, you know, why was the market up? Because, you know, the economy, the U.S. economy was still kind of humming along and inflation was coming low, was going down from a year ago. Now we're kind of in this limbo and we may be in this limbo for the next six months to, t- to 12 months where, you know, listen, we're back at the, like go back to the gas pump example. Listen, cost of oil and gas, very expensive again. Mm-hmm. That's going to impact, those things will mean impact the economy. Like they're, they're impacting it now. Housing market, right? I mean, obviously it's geographical, but, you know, most people are not, are not buying homes right now um, with a mortgage at 8%. So it's, it's, it's definitely a, a murky kind of muddy time right now. And then, mm-hmm. then we have, oh yeah, by the way, we have a presidential election next right, year. Right, right. Um, yeah. Which, you know, we won't, we won't go there. Who are you voting for? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you measure, because families are going to be needing loans more than ever. Right. After this year. Um, how is the financial risk going to be measured if the cost of living is going up, but um, our wages aren't, you know, like how, what, what is that measurement going to look like? Right. I think, well, most, I guess the good news is that most wages are going up. Um, I mean, at least that's what's kind of out there in the mainstream. Like if you look now, every union under their, in their mother, they're all striking for higher, for more money. Yeah. 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 I mean, UA, the UA, you know, yeah. if you're Detroit, lucky enough to be a part of a union, you're right. You're right. You're right about that. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're a Detroit guy, you yeah. know, like, yeah, you got the three biggest auto, you know, biggest auto union in the country and they want kind of like crazy wage increase, but listen, you know, they're going to get something as they deserve. Well, yeah, you um, got to start. They're, they're asking for know. a 40% increase and mm-hmm. that was probably a non-starter, wow. but, but you're seeing this, it's happening in Las Vegas, I believe. Same really? kind of, yeah. So you're starting to see that that American workers are, I don't want to use the word revolting because mm-hmm. that's a strong, but they are, they're fighting back. They're coming together they're, in numbers. They're, and, they're using their yeah. right that they're part of unions. And now everyone's not, everyone is fortunate to have that luxury, if you yeah. will. But you're seeing more and more to your question that people are, but, you know, they realize that, you know, we've not gotten wage increases ever. You know, the government is doing whatever they're doing with the numbers. We know what it costs to live. It's too much. We want more. And they're going to get it. Um, that that They're going to get that. And I hope that once they're getting it, that they're, you know, having that. And then that's where they need help is how, how to plan ahead for that. You know, you've now gotten this wage increase. Where's, you know, how are you living your life? Yeah, You're gonna yeah. start. I mean, listen. There's there's positives and, and negatives from all this, but you. I, I hope that those people are getting help. Um, and like I said, you know, I people. I I think it was my post today. It was on LinkedIn. People people have to realize that they can reach out. I they don't realize that they can. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to change. Is you know reach out like to people on some platform. If, you know, at least start a conversation. Maybe they're not great maybe they are but know that there are people out there i'm not the only one that Mm -hmm. want to try to make a difference so that you don't have that stress no matter where you sit you know monetarily speaking yeah why do you think people don't because they don't think they can afford it probably yes yes. you think they're embarrassed based on their financial situation that they don't want to necessarily look like you know they don't have their shit together I mean, I think there's uber wealthy people that don't have their shit together. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> your finances don't don't change your scarcity mindset. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to use that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's partially there. There's they don't feel like they're 
up to snuff, if you will. Yeah. But yeah, I think maybe there's some embarrassment. Maybe there's maybe there's credit problems that they've had to deal with. Maybe they just they don't think they have, you know. And that's uh, it goes back to what I'm saying about what's wrong with our, you know, most of my not all of my industry, but a big a big part of it is, you know, making it seem like if you don't have X amount of money, then I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's just that's a complete non-starter. I have people that reach out to me on LinkedIn every day, and I'm not, you know, do I want to see who these people are? Yeah, because sometimes you never know. But if they're gonna reach out to me and they want to set up a call, that I'm gonna take the call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we'll work together. Maybe we won't. But if I can, like, give them some wisdom or some help and guidance as to kind of where they're going, and if I can help. Then I'm gonna do that. Yeah. That's like that's my job as a fiduciary, uh, is to is to help these people have a little you know better sense of themselves and and how they can you know move forward and not feel stressed about living. Yeah, I love that. I think that's got to be the thing. I I find myself saying that oftentimes too. If if you know pitching, telling a client what our, our costs are for their digital management and everything, and then, but I never want money to get in between me helping you let's jump on a call for a half hour an hour or whatever and let me guide you so you can be self-sufficient and run with it um and uh yeah because there's something about that and that's even building a business i built my business on just giving people free information because i just wanted to help and if you're if your heart is aligned with it then everybody wins um what would you say um that you're most excited about um now moving forward like what are some really great opportunities or yeah what's what's exciting in your world in the future you know i always like to manage against we like to you know my friend we like to manage against the grain so to speak like we don't we don't like consensus that's yeah. the one thing i always tell people it's like I love you know, that. you're on you're on social media one minute they're going to tell you everything's great the next they're going to tell you we're in a recession then they're going to tell you you know you're on the rebound I, it just it's it's you know yeah. we call it recency bias right you know yeah. you turn on cnbc one day they're going to say everything is great the next week they're going to say it's not yeah. um but i i think the where we're going to really kind of move forward is you know teaching people that how money was managed or how you you may have had your money managed for the previous kind of 10 years i don't think it's going to work very well for the next 10 yeah just how where that money's going to go how you can kind of take advantage of those changes um and that may not mean being you know owning only nvidia and, and tesla and netflix and google i mean the, all those companies will always have their place but where people get tripped up is how much of your wealth is concentrated in certain places right and maybe you need the opposite or maybe you, something else is going to behave a lot better going forward than that just did and i think having that understanding and that's where i come in to try to explain you know where we were where we are where we're going is is a, to me that's an opportunity but you have to understand what that opportunity set is and yeah. i think having kind of this not anti-us bias if you will but understanding there's other opportunities not here and having and being able to take advantage of those is going to be beneficial going forward and i you know and I, the digital asset world is gonna i don't know what's gonna it, be figured out and yeah it's, yeah it's gonna be i don't want to say the word catch fire so to speak yeah but it's the nature of that world to have these giant we've already seen it in 10 years 50 it's almost 15 years yeah, now yeah, these yeah. giant swings we're probably a year or two away from another, you know, maybe stratospheric kind of move. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you get in early on to Bitcoin or when did you start really uh, believing in it? I started, you know, democratization of, 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 of research being on Twitter. You know, years ago, I befriended um, a big money manager in North Carolina and I and I had been hearing about it. And I asked, I said, Mark, I said, is this like, you know give me the, give me the truth. I mean, is this real? Like, is this gonna, is this, you know, is this a real asset? Am I, can we actually invest in it and not gamble in it? He's like, yeah. He's like, here, this is, he's like, we're starting. And this was years ago. We're starting to look at building a fund and, you know, you've got all these different, the technologies reaching in other places, other, other, you know, companies are being built and his whole, mantra was you know invest in the picks and shovels i hate to go back historically but the gold rush the guy mm -hmm. the people that made all the money were the people that were selling the picks and the shovels and not 
you know, the people who lost all their money were looking for gold. Yeah. Um, but it's the same with digital assets. Like those business, those businesses that are building blockchain and, 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 and are finding their way and, and finding better technology and ways to help, you know, the end customer, if you will, those real businesses are going to do very well yeah. in the future. And the people that are trying to, you know, make fake money or whatever are they're not they're gonna yeah. they're you know that 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 world is done yeah but there's you know the opportunity is just gonna it's gonna evolve over time for sure do we know who created bitcoin yet <laughs> do we know like it was isn't me. that it was me <laughs> it, it could be was it you mark it wasn't, I feel it like wasn't. It could, if all people could be mark <laughs> it, you know i mean the, the story uh, the, the stories are you know they're 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 funny, right? You, you, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, who cares? As long, if if you believe in it, yeah, secure it, and you know, secure it somewhere. Cold, like you know, I always tell people who say to me, "I have Bitcoin or I have this and that." I'm like, make sure you take it offline. Meaning, for people who don't know, there's hot storage, and maybe people have heard these terms: hot storage, cold storage. Hot storage means you have a an online account like Robinhood or Fidelity yeah. or whatever. And it's sitting there. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, maybe you sell it one day, buy it the next. It's there. It's it's in the account. Cold is meaning you've taken it literally off off the network. You have a drive, which I mm -hmm. anyone who I know who ha I, that I've learned it has it. I'm like, are you praying to hold are you gonna hold it? Get it offline. Hmm. Get a get a drive. Trez tre You're not even a it's because it's <laughs> digital wallet, right? It's, it's that, a digital but, wallet, literally oh, like, wow. you know, like a thumb drive, like you would use to save documents. Um, Trezor's got one. Um, there's a few others that I recommend, and it's basically you know there's a whole process you go through, but you basically you're you're taking it from wherever it is. It's going on here, you know, oh, store wow. it someplace safe. Make sure you know if you have, if it's a family that they know all the codes, and because that's the disaster. Is like you put it offline and you don't write everything down. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean safety for <laughs> safety first. But you know, like you don't want to be in an FTX situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I hope those days are long gone, but you know, make sure you're you're protecting it if you if you own it. Do not do not keep it online if you will, unless you know, you need the money that day or something like that. Just right. protect yourself at all times. <laughs> Absolutely. As an, as an entrepreneur, like our income ebbs and flows so much. So how would you say we can mitigate like the risk to banks and just like in our personal life? Cause you have to um, have that balance between investing in your company and investing in your personal life yourself. So how would you like mitigate that risk to, to the outside, to the people who give those loans to us? Wow. Great question. I think um, mitigating that risk is definitely being very conscious of your spending. Like just, when in doubt, you know, this goes for everyone, have an emergency fund, if you will. Make sure you have whatever you can put aside every month. Doesn't matter what it is, but as long as you're doing this, and a lot of people set this up automatically from, you know, some money goes into their account, they just got paid. Maybe, you know, it's, it's. I mean, you'd like 20%, but maybe it's 5 or 10%, just as long as there's some consistent routine that the, there is money that you are saving, God forbid, you know, something happens to the business and that whatever your essential life expenses are, they're being, that you're, you're be able to basically handle those. Yeah. Um, and then once you're, you know, you, you, you know, when your business is humming, so to speak, right? Like if you, if you have a consistent revenue stream, then once you have that comfort level, then you could start really thinking about how can I invest my money, you know, Plan, make and make a plan for that and also if you're you know if you're an entrepreneur or business owner it's still the best tax call it adjusted way to live in this country like you know you have ability to write off a lot of expenses you you know always you know this is not tax advice i'm not yeah, a cpa yeah. but for now being an entrepreneur being a small business owner in this country is still hugely impactful to building wealth over time um, because of, because of the, the rules of the IRS, what they allow you to do as a business owner. So part of that's also building a retirement account. You know, those are things that you, you're building your wealth over time, mm -hmm. make sure those are, those are managed <laughs> and you're able to deduct against that. So being an entrepreneur or business owner, while it's extremely risky, 
it has its benefits. But again, having someone helping you with all that, because there's a lot of layers to that. You know, there's, you know, there's managing your business. And then how does that translate to your own? Because you have to live. If you're yeah. a business owner, you know, you have employees, um, you know, they have to live. You have to live because um, God forbid something happens. It's your business. And that's why, you know, I always say, you know, be saving as much as you can from the jump. And then when you when you're you're comfortable and you know you're ready to kind of maybe take a leap and to start investing, you know, setting up a retirement account is a must um, for a multitude of reasons. What are the rules? Um, we'll wrap this up shortly. Uh, but uh, what um, what are the rules based on that retirement account if you're putting money in there consistently? Right. Well, first of all, if you're a business owner, the government continues to make it very advantageous for you to set one up. Um, my business partner, Aaron, is the absolute expert at this. Um, reminding people that right now the government is basically paying you to open up. If you're a business owner and you have employees, they're paying, they're giving you tax credits for three years mm. to open up an, an account, open up a, a 401k or retirement plan for your employees. So, you know, to the to the point, like that's a big deal. Like that mean that's probably not going to go on forever, but for now it, it's there. Um, you know, you can put up to a, it depending on what kind of retirement account. You could put up to certain amounts every year. Those amounts keep going up because of inflation, um, and you know there, it's 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 important that you, you have that consistency that you're either you're putting away for yourself, obviously, and your your employees, so that everyone is saving. But again, when you're building those plans, you have to educate, and that's that's where all this gets flushed down the drain. Is people just don't know. I see this every day. I see people's retirement plans before they've maybe had advice from myself and I see what they're doing and, and there's no stream of consciousness with it. There's just, okay, that looks good. I'll do that. I'll put 10% in there and 20% in there. And, you know, and in some cases people don't invest it at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I used to work at target, um, long ago. And I remember I got on salary for the first time and they Oh, you can open up a 401k. I had no idea how to how it even functioned um, until someone told me, "Oh, you know, you can take money out of your 401k." And you know, I'm 20. I'm in my young young 20s, and I'm, and then I take everything out, and no one told me that is a bad idea. Right. No one gives you any kind of knowledge, but you should just open this up. Right, and that's it's a huge mistake because unfortunately, you learned that when you do that you're going to be penalized by the, you know, by the government, you're going to owe money back to the government for doing that. And that's, again, not explained that you don't have to, you know, going back to what I said, when you, you, you know, your, your example of going to work at target, well, that's what happens. They go in, people have no education. They throw a bunch of money and then God forbid they're laid off. Something happens. Well, if you're laid off. You can roll over the money to eventually you can take it out. I'm not saying anyone should do that, but people don't know that it's, you'll, you will be penalized for that. Maybe you can't, Put the max in. You don't have to put the max in, but that's what you're told. Mm -hmm. Put the max in. Don't you know they're gonna match it? I mean, yeah, is that great? If you can do it, if your life supports you putting that money in this tax deferred account, great. But if you can't, you shouldn't. But people aren't taught that. And then, you know, you all you all you see online now is the amount of um, 401k loans that are happening everywhere because. You know, not every part of the economy is doing great. People need access to money, and now they have to go invade their 401ks and then get penalized for it. And they don't know. And then when they go to pay their taxes, and they're like, well, what's, wait, wait, I owe this? You know, and, and what and if by that point it's too late? And yeah. what if you can't pay that? Mm -hmm. But again, it starts from the beginning, like knowing, having a process, but, it, you know, and that comes back to what we've been saying. People, have to know that they can reach out to someone for that help. And that's where the big divide is. And one of the big divides in this country is like not everyone thinks they can get access to an advisor. And I know that there are great people out there, you know, that are in other places that are, are trying to, are trying to do this. They're yeah. trying to, you know, get on social media and, you know, we don't, you know, saying, you know, they don't minimums, you know, they have different ways that they work with clients, whether it's an hourly or something. You know, there's always a way to make it work, you know, if you're independent. Yeah. If you're not inside one of these big old line firms, there's always a way to help other people and figure it out. 
how you can help help them, you know, sus- you know, sustain themselves. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Hugh Meyer from Highline Wealth Partners. Um, I'm starting to speak at uh, high schools at my, my first one um, in, a, in a while this uh, next month and talking to them how to use the digital um, platforms and how to set themselves up for success based on what they want to do in their lives and give them more options. Uh, I would love to talk to you about potentially like what we could do to push and, and get more financial um, uh, information to these different places. And maybe we can partner up and have you come to some of these as well. Um, and uh, yeah, cause I think a course in school, of course, but even like a virtual course or something is so necessary. It is. Ha- um, it's hundred ha- I would hundred percent. It's actually happening yeah. actually here in California really quickly. They put through legislation. So shockingly enough, they actually do pass laws in California that actually help people. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> where they're going to make it mandatory in high schools. I think it's 2025 to start having basic finance courses. Oh. So Love I mean, it. I don't know what took him till 2025, but you know, <laughs> our cups are all half full here, so we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, take yeah. that as a positive. But well, yours is mine's. Uh, <laughs> it's something at least team. people have woken up to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's something I, you know, religiously want. It's got to start. I mean, you know, kids at the high school age, they're sponges. Yeah. They'll get it. They get it. They I get mean, financial yeah. aid in college. Have no idea right. what to do with that. Right. It's. Uh, I'm so happy about that. It's so there's a lot, it. and you know, again, it comes down to someone offering to help and and being a resource and you can change someone's life you know dramatically just just from helping them understand uh you know how to plan you know financially going ahead they don't have to do it don't don't do it by yourself yeah 100 percent. do do not do it by yourself absolutely well tell everybody where they can follow you, um, you on the internet i i am on linkedin every day posting um not just about financial advice, but more about, you know, wellness, kind of behavioral finance, things of that nature. So LinkedIn is where I've spent most of my time. I, I will probably be moving back into some other platforms like Instagram and, and um, Twitter. Twitter.